I'm a lousy boss. I'm not good at managing my career. And don't even get me started on how I spend my waking hours. Do you feel the same? Because if you do, congratulations. I think you are a fellow freelancer. You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations and career developments. Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 29 of You Play A What?, I am alone this week again. So what I would like to tell all of you is probably that I've decided to leave my guest alone because it's coming towards the end of the year. So I don't want to disturb anybody. I just want to let them have a really nice and happy holiday without hearing my voice. But the truth is that I just didn't get around scheduling a guest. I didn't book anyone. So here I am uh, talking by myself once again. Uh, As you might have already guessed, today I will be speaking about working as a freelancer. Don't get me wrong, I have returned from UK for about two and a half years, not exactly a very long time, and my opinions could very well change over the years. But let this be a slightly early New Year resolution for myself, and I hope you will join me to create a better 2021 for yourself and the people you seek to serve. To be honest, 2020 has set a pretty low bar, so it should not be that hard, right, to outdo this uh, rather uh, interesting year. So I understand from my introduction, it can be a little bit conflicting. I just said some pretty damning things about being a freelancer, and then I congratulate you for being one, if you are one. So before I get to explaining why I said that, let's define what a freelancer is to me. So freelancers are paid for their craft. We get paid when we work and we get paid for showing up to solve problems for our clients. Why does freelancers exist? I think quite simply, it's a more frugal way for an organization or an individual to go about their day-to-day operations. Take for example, if you are one to get a grab to work every morning, is it more financially savvy for you to order a ride every morning or pay $2,000 a month to have a chauffeur. So that's something for you to think about. So now to the ironic bit. Why congratulations? Well, not only do I want to say congratulations, I want to say thank you for doing the work that you do as a freelancer. Here are some reasons why I think that being a freelancer and being in the gig economy is great. So firstly, freedom of choice with the work that you do. So this ought to be the most straightforward and greatest selling point to be a freelancer, that we can pick and choose what we do. We can be part of a project that excites us and something we find meaningful and there is no one above us telling us that we need a certain really important job done by the next morning or maybe I've just watched too much Netflix that this is how the corporate world work. Uh, Maybe it's, it's not like that. Secondly, Make a living by making a difference in people's life. So for better or for worse, as freelancers, we make a difference in our client's life with our craft and the work that we do. If you're a wedding photographer, 
You are using your skills to capture an intimate moment on the day that is as important to you as the bride and groom. If you're a graphic designer for a product campaign, you not only put up a beautiful design, but you showed your understanding of a given product through the design from your work. You communicate to your clients that you get it. And as a euphonium tutor in a secondary school, apart from teaching the students the fingering of an E-flat, I hope that I can encourage them to think about music and art in a more imaginative way and challenge their critical listening and thinking abilities to dissect problems and come up with solutions. And number three, we are responsible for the work that we do. There is no way to hide. The work that we do has got our fingerprints all over it, regardless of the quality. Therefore, it is important to hone our craft and develop our skill on the work that we do as a freelancer. We build personal relationships and trust with our clients based on our work and that if you get called back for another gig, it's a testament of your work. This puts us in a situation where we do our best work because we are responsible for the work that we do and we reap the benefits of it. And you can be proud and politely say to those you seek to serve, hey, look, I made this for you and I hope you like it. Let me know what you think. And if you don't find motivation in that, I don't know what else is going to do the job. And number four, it gives us a chance to do great work. Because we choose to do the work we do, not because somebody told us. Right? Nobody said to my quartet, Cole, you had to apply for the digital presentation grant. Nobody said to us that you should commission 15 brand new pieces. And certainly nobody told us that we should do more than what is expected of us. But we did anyway, because we chose to do it and we are proud of it. Is there room for improvement? Definitely. Number five, a choice to become a professional. So let's start with the definition of professional. The definition of professional here is not that you are paid for the work that you do. Well, that is part of it, but that's not all of it. It is also not defined by that framed piece of paper on your wall that we call a degree. By the definition of Seth Godin, which by the way, I'm like a super fan of his now, the professional shows up even though she doesn't feel like it. The professional understands the market, the customer, and the price to be paid for the work that is worth paying for. True professionals are not afraid of amateurs. The bakers down at the starter lab is not going to be afraid of me as a home baker. Bjorn Shen, the master chef judge and the owner of Artichoke is not going to freak out when I start making hummus and baba ganoush at home. The best professionals should embrace the passionate amateur because when they show up, it pushes everyone to become better. So maybe the next time we see an amateur doing what we used to do, get better, don't get angry. Now after all that, you might be thinking, well, if this is so great, why don't everyone be a freelancer and do the work that matters and do great work that I've mentioned? Well, there are of course plenty of other things to consider on the other side of the coin. Uh, number one, I think the biggest problem that we face as freelancers is the race to the bottom. This is perhaps the number one issue here in Singapore. I might be wrong, but this is to my knowledge. In order to have a fairer system, a system that rewards the lowest bidder was created. 
This in itself is the root of the problem because it encourages everybody to raise to the bottom, to be cheaper. Because now the work that we do, the thing that we sell or the service that we provide has become a commodity, interchangeable by any other vendor that is willing to do it for a cheaper or faster rate. No discussion on what we actually bring to the table. Doesn't matter if your CV is a compilation of recommendations by all the schools that has previously hired you, because that is irrelevant to a certain extent. And I believe regardless of which industry you are in, there will be cheap and mediocre work in that industry. Would you be happy if you win the race? If you subscribe to this game of racing to the bottom, don't be surprised that you'll find yourself struggling and life to be extremely difficult. Why don't we race to the top by creating art and joy for the people we seek to serve? Number two, like most things, we will find at some point the need for growth. So for most types of work, growth is positive because it's usually a sign of doing well, but the problem starts to occur when a freelancer feels like there's a need to grow their business. The nature of our work has made it incredibly difficult to do so because we have a finite number of hours that we can dedicate or sell to our clients. So I believe if we really wanted to grow our business, we can do it in three ways. Number one, we can create assets, assets that would bring us additional income without trading our time for it once it has been completed, also known as passive income. So some common assets that freelancers can create and particularly musicians can create now is maybe an ebook, an online course that teaches certain topics that would not be outdated. For example, the fundamentals of tuba playing. The fundamentals of tuba playing is not going to be outdated in years to come. The basics will always be the basics, uh, how you play long tones, how you articulate, uh, more or less these techniques will remain the same. So these are sort of evergreen products and content that is not going to become outdated. You can create a practice method book or an attitude book, but as you start to create these assets, you are slowly transitioning yourself to become an entrepreneur instead of a freelancer. Because all of a sudden, you are creating assets that is generating you income that will bring you money even if you slip and you are not exactly trading your time for money anymore. Number two, you can take on more work, but when you take on too much work, more so than you can handle, what is likely going to happen? You might end up not fulfilling your promise to your client, such as missing a deadline or unable to fulfill a certain requirement. You might also hire someone to do the job for you. In that case, you will pay them a rate that is lower than yours so that you are still profitable. By creating jobs for people, you can also be considered as an entrepreneur. But what if a really important client rang up and gave you an important gig? we would hire ourselves. The one person we trust the most and the cheapest person we can hire. But now you are at a loss because you are neither an entrepreneur nor a freelancer because you've already lost the freedom part that you don't get the choice of selecting what work you take on 
and you are not an entrepreneur because you are doing the work yourself. Number three, the most challenging one, which is to get better clients. We know the perks of getting better clients. You will be pushed to do better work because they will demand it of you. They will engage you in a conversation about you and your work. They will pay you on time and want you to succeed and do the work you are proud of. The perks are clear, but the difficult part is to become the sort of freelancer that better clients would seek out. And I have no answer to this at the moment, but I do have some plans in mind. So you will hear it here first that 2021 will be the year where I seek to do work that is good enough to gain the attention and the trust of better clients. Let's see how it goes and hopefully there will be an episode 81 of this podcast so I can review this and hopefully from now on I will stop complaining and just take action. So attracting new clients is always going to be a difficult task because most of the time the people that we seek to serve belongs in two camps particularly when it comes to music, is number one. We have the people who don't see the value in taking up music lessons. And then we have this other group of people who sees the value in taking music lessons. But most of the time, these people already have a teacher and an instructor. And what needs to happen is that we need to... And what needs to happen is that in order for us to be engaged for our services, this means that they have to fire their current instructor or coach. So just something for us all to to think about. So this point really sums up the reason why I say freelancers are the worst boss and we struggle to manage our careers sometimes. Or maybe it's just me. You know, maybe some of you do it really well. But for me, uh, I do struggle with this, although it's only been two and a half years since I returned back from my studies. But I do find a real struggle trying to balance my schedule, trying to do work that I'm really uh, passionate about and interested in. And now the next point, point number three, romanticizing the concept of freedom. So there's no doubt that, as we mentioned before, a freelancer will get free choice on the work that we do. And because of that, we control what goes into our schedule. As much as this is a fantastic idea that we can have freedom in what we do, there needs to be certain constraints and discipline in our lives. I have fallen victim to this more often than I like, and that is the concept of I'll do it later because I have nothing on today. But before you know it, you have not done anything productive for the day and you have accumulated six hours of screen time on Netflix and you're not even patient enough for that five seconds countdown before the next episode, right? You just jump onto the next one. Take me for example, my prime working hours for most part of the year is from perhaps 2.30 to 6pm. On most days, I get paid working for two hours adding some time for travel. Of course, uh, travel time is not covered in my uh, pay. For those of you who don't know, I mostly go to schools to teach euphonium. So that's the the main uh, sort of scope of my job. So does that mean that apart from this bracket of time that I'm traveling, 
and actually teaching. I'm not working because technically I'm not earning money. Absolutely not. As freelancers, people who are paid for your craft and skill, we understand that we will never ever be done improving our craft and skill. That we have to dedicate time to the instrument on a daily basis or to music on a daily basis. I'm not going to lie. Over the last two weeks, I have let things go a little. I haven't been practicing much at all. On a good day, it'll be a couple minutes of buzzing and that's it. But I came across this quote when I was listening to a very exciting podcast episode on the Tim Ferriss show as he interviewed Seth Godin. This quote is by an American sculptor, Elizabeth King, and it says, Process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. So I'm not going to go on and decipher this quote for you in my own words. I'm just going to quote what Seth Godin's explanation is on the show. So, and I quote, Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you probably won't feel like engaging in the practice. And if you do, you probably won't feel the same way the next day. What we do is decide that we are a runner. And runners go running every day. We decide we are a blogger. And bloggers blog every day. And that decision lightens the cognitive load so much because there's no time, no reason to negotiate with ourselves because we already had the meeting. We already decided. So the moment we made the decision or the choice to be a musician, we have made the decision to spend time practicing on the instrument on a daily basis. The conversation we should have with ourselves every day is when and how much would we be practicing today? Because practice is a given. And of course, that's the reason why discipline and constraints are important in our lives. Perhaps without deliberately setting aside time for the work that matters to you, we might never be productive. Plan your day, organize your schedule, hone your craft, do the work, level up, it's likely that your day is not as free as you imagine. The final point and the biggest of them all, uncertainty, the biggest red flag. This point itself is enough to turn people away from becoming a freelancer. Humans do not cope well with uncertainty. As a freelancer, there is uncertainty in our finances, uncertainty in our work whenever the contract runs out, uncertainty about the growth of our work and business, uncertainty on when we are going to get paid. But I found another quote that says, salary is the bribe they give you to forget your dreams. You may or may not agree with this quote, but it's definitely something for us to think about. What are we so afraid of? Is it really uncertainty? Is it worth trading stability and certainty with the type of work that we do? And to sum it up, I love being a freelancer. I think the pros outweighs the cons. 
I get to choose my gigs. It gives me a platform to express myself and create art for people I seek to serve. There will be times that you feel bad that you turn down work because you are afraid that the potential client might not engage you anymore. But remember, when you say yes to something, you are also saying no to other things. Do you need more? Or do you need enough? That's up to you. Freelancing is definitely not an easy path, but nobody made us do this. We are freelancers because we chose to be, because we chose to do great work, and we would make a difference in the life of those we seek to serve. Because we refuse to be a cock in the machine and stay in a lousy job with a lousy boss. There are plenty of reference material for today's episode. I will provide the link to Seth Godin's episode on the Tim Ferriss show, as well as the podcast hosted by Seth himself called Akimbo, where he dedicated an episode on freelancers. All really good stuff to check out. Links will be provided in the show description. And finally, Merry Christmas to all of you. I'll see you once more before we go into 2021. Thank you for staying with me throughout this episode and thank you very much for your attention. With that, we'll sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time. Thank you.